You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up NFL Draft with your host Daniel Garrett and Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how are you doing today? Good. You know, uh, we uh, might need to go back and rewatch some Chase Lucas tape, but you know, other than that, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, uh, but uh, we got we got top ten corners here, and sadly, he will not be making an appearance other than that at the beginning there. So, just to give you a little hint for that, but. Hey, you don't know my top 10. You don't, you don't know that that's true. I don't know. I'm just assuming off of what How we said you? previously, but the, the, the slander continues. This he's going to sue us. Oh uh, yeah. Th- this is a very, very good corner class so far. So really excited to dive into these top 10 players. Got, got some guys that we didn't, we haven't gone over yet. I believe I have three and I'm assuming you have some as well that we never hit on before so it's going to be a nice fun discussion here so uh well why don't we start out with number 10 i'll start out with mine some people may say i'm a bit low but there's just corners ahead of him that i just love i still think he's a very good player nehemiah pritchett from auburn is my number 10 corner i I really liked him very consistent player that did you have pritchett in your top 10 i did he's my number nine actually so i'm even a little higher than you are yeah, I fi- I figured some people would have him higher, but man, there was just a couple guys that I just really loved that I couldn't have him behind ahead of. So I I really like his game. Just a very consistent player. I forget what number is he now because he ch- he switched numbers. So I think he's eighteen now. He was so he now. was originally eighteen. He was fourteen in twenty twenty, and now he's back to eighteen. Yeah, but just a very very consistent player and it's it's just tough because you look at Auburn and the the team itself is not very good especially offensively but man those corners are just so Mm -hmm. good I really love them and if looking at back at my notes I I did notice he I didn't necessarily I didn't necessarily fall in love with any one aspect of his game but I thought very similarly to how we had said just McDuffie just was very consistent across the board. I thought it was a very similar thing at a lower level where he was just a guy who was pretty good at a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I think so. I'll, I'll say my 10 and then Pritchett's my nine. So I'll go into him after my 10th guy. And honestly, I think 10 is a little similar for me because my 10 is Michael Wright. Uh, the cornerback from Oregon, who when we talked about him, we liked a lot of his athletic ability, 
uh, that was his best trait. You know, he was super explosive, super fast. So, you know, he's able to stick with guys vertically in coverage without any real issues. Uh, we'll probably have to kick in slide to the slot at the next level, but also offer some kick return ability um, and has the athleticism to play slot. Really good player. But, you know, there's some size limitations with him. Um, some of his ball skills can be a little wonky. And obviously, given the size limitations, he's not the best press guy. But the, the problem with Ed, we had with Wright is that he's just a very raw player. So, you know, we mentioned the issues with press. He gets a little grabby at the top of routes. Some of the balls because there's an issue. But a guy that we said just needs to play some more because, you know, obviously he didn't play a lot in 2020 because Oregon didn't play many games. Um, he only had one season of, like, that was – he hasn't really had a full experience of normal college yet. So, you know, there's so – the traits are there. It just needs some refining. And that's kind of how I felt about Pritchett, who's my ninth guy. And I, I definitely agree with you. I, I also thought Pritchett was extremely fast, very explosive as an athlete. Um, he's only 179 pounds, which is a little concerning, uh, but he looks pretty muscular for his weight. So that's good. And I liked that, but I totally agree with you about his kind of just being an overall all around good player. I would say my kind of one concern with him was he just kind of got lost in, in deep zone coverage. Sometimes, uh, doesn't really understand spacing or leverage every once in a while. So, and again, he's another young player that gets that cleaned up with some more experience, but you know, my nine and 10 guys were relatively similar in that aspect. So uh, I agree with you that they are relatively similar in that aspect. I just have them flipped around. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> How about that? So Mikhail Wright is my number nine player in this class. I, I do love the athleticism, especially the, the ability to be able to make plays in the air and be able to jump and load off of either feet particularly well, go any direction with the jump as well. Like I said before, when we talked about him, that's a – that's a trait that you see a lot with basketball players as someone that is really good at finishing around the rim. That's a very similar trait. That's kind of what we see there. And I, I definitely see that with Mikhail Wright, but just like you said, needs more experience. Yeah. And I think the reason why I had them flipped relative to yours is that I, I think I just like Pritchett more because he offers a little more scheme and alignment versatility because he does play inside a little bit, but he can play both. Whereas right. I'm a little more concerned about him having to be a slot corner at the next level. I think, I think we discussed this, you know, in certain schemes, right. Could be uh, an outside corner, but definitely not universally. So that was, I think the reason why I have flipped them. Yeah. And like we said, that's more of that Colts where you're playing a lot of cover two, you have mm -hmm. them playing in the flat more. Mm -hmm. um, so let's go to you for who's your number eight player. So this is a guy that you didn't get the chance to get to. And it's Darian Kendrick for me, who was at Clemson for a few years, then transferred to Georgia this year due to some kind of issues with the coaching staff at Clemson. Um, not that he's a bad guy. It seemed like there was just kind of some weird family thing that they weren't on the same page about, but he's starting for Georgia this year and he's been really good. You know, I, he's a converted wide receiver. He originally came to Clemson as that. So he's kind of following in that uh, Trevon Diggs mold a little bit, which might be high praise given Diggs's play so far. But let me just get to my notes for him. So he's another guy who's mostly playing outside. He's really good in deep zone coverage. Um, I'm a little concerned about his lack of long speed because sometimes guys would just kind of outrun him deep, which I was like, okay, that's a little odd for a guy who's starting at this level. But maybe that was just one game or some kind of weird plays. Um, let me see. I think at times he just gets a little aggressive at uh, like coming downhill and biting on routes. And then that leads to contact sometimes. So again, another guy that just needs a little bit of refinement. Um, he's got really good feet though, uh, but he doesn't jam receivers and he's not 
you know, as experienced as a press in terms of press jam in terms of getting his hands on guys. But I really like him as a man corner with pretty close alignments where he doesn't necessarily jam them, but he can still like align and press. Um, but I want to have him staying with receivers because it's weird that it's like his change of direction or is not the best. So if he's like going from a back pedal to running vertically with a receiver, that's kind of where he gets tripped up as they can kind of just go right by him and he has trouble catching up. But I still like him a lot. Like he's got a lot of good athletic traits besides that and um, good at really hemming receivers into the boundary. Yeah, and he he got a lot of buzz last year as that uh, top of the second round type guy in the draft, I know, from some people. I, I did not get the chance to watch him, like you said. But given the pedigree of that school that he's been at, where he was at Clemson, he was that guy, and they were starting him instead of playing <laughs> Andrew Booth, which from the tape I've watched, I find that hard to be a thing. But like, like you said, Darian Kendrick has played high-level competition, very a guy who has a lot of experience. So when I do get to watch the film, I'm going to be very interested. And what you said is something, the way you described him, that's a player that NFL teams that pro that uh, prototype is something that NFL teams would probably be very interested in. Yeah, I think there's again, this is again another thing where I'm not necessarily sure it's, it's the athletic ability that's a problem. I think that just maybe the techniques he was being asked to execute in Clemson's defense kind of just didn't put him in the best position sometimes, and maybe he just didn't understand exactly why he was doing what he was doing. Um, but, you know, Georgia's going to run a little bit different, bit of a different defense, and I think based on what I've kind of read and what I've seen a little bit from Georgia, I think that he fits in that scheme a little better. Yeah, so, and I, again, will have to break him down probably before uh, the 30th when Florida-Georgia happens. We'll have to hit that before then, so uh, I will get to watch him before then so that'll be very interesting to see especially with how good that Georgia defense is playing this year my, my number eight a guy that I know the value isn't the value of him in the position he will play in the NFL will not make him drafted eighth as a corner the eighth corner off the board but it is Travis Hodges Tomlinson I love him as a nickel the problem is he's tiny and it's only going to be a nickel. So that that's the number one issue. Like we said, very talented player is able to do a whole lot as that uh, field corner for the Horn Frogs and just a very, very athletic player. But just it, it's the size. The size is the whole downside with him. You're not going to have any shot ever. To play him outside like even Mikhail Wright I think Mikhail Wright has a bit more size than Hodges Tomlinson if I remember correctly it's listed at 5'11 right that's right and then Hodges Tomlinson is listed at 5'9 so you know maybe you lop off an inch for each of them in real life so you're looking at 5'10 versus 5'8 yeah so he, he just realistically has no shot to ever play outside so I, I understand that he's probably not going to go as the eighth corner off the board but the talent level that he has not only in terms of athleticism, but he's pretty good in zone coverages as well. I think he's going to be able to play well as a run supporter, despite his small stature. And I, I just think that for his role, he's going to be a 
very high level player at the next level. It's just a matter of how much value that role has. Right. And for that, for that reason, he's number 11 for me. So pretty close to where you, you had him ranked. I just, in, the only reason he's that low is again, because of his size and scheme limitations. You know, I think we said this when we, when we did the big 12 guys, if, if he was five ten even or five eleven, he'd be a first round pick. No question. Cause his feet are so good. His lower body is so fluid. Like you said, great in zone. He's still pretty good in man, but yeah, those, those size limitations are just going to keep you locked into the slot in the NFL. So he's just outside of my top 10. So for number seven, I'll let you go first here. Who's your number seven corner? So this will be a double dip for uh, the Auburn Tigers and my third straight SEC player. And it's Roger McCreary, who I really liked. And, you know, he's been a guy who's been a PFF darling for the last few seasons. And he's playing the boundary corner as opposed to Pritchard, who's playing more of that field corner. So he's aligning and press a ton, usually to the single receiver side. And he's mostly playing man and just locking that guy down. He does a really good job of it. He's got good jam technique, the line of scrimmage with good strike power, which, you know, that's something that I kind of, if somebody can do that, I, I really like to see it. Um, does a good amount of deep third zones as well. He's got pretty good ball skills and he's a decent open field tackler. Um, the only time I really saw him lose was to just guys who were superior athletes than him. So like George Pickens got him a few times. I think some of the Alabama guys got him once or twice. So that happens. And he has occasional DPIs, which when you're a press corner, that's going to happen. But really like the skills that Roger McCreary brings at uh, number 23 for Auburn and he's a senior. So I think that it, that press man profile is going to uh, attract a lot of teams to him. Yeah, for sure. And so looking ahead to my list, uh, I, I do have Roger McCreary a little bit higher. I have okay. him at six. Okay. Um, I, I really do like him and just, just again, looking at him, he he has good length. He's like you said, very attractive in terms of what he projects to NFL wise. I thought his effort in getting through blocks was very good. I thought mm-hmm. he is yes. a willing tackler, like you said. Um, and then you know, he did just a lot of little stuff that really impressed me, and then I thought his footwork was actually pretty good for how typically the guys that look like that and are the more muscular type of guys don't have the footwork to go with it. Like you saw yeah. that Kair Elam, that was one of his struggles um, where you didn't have the feet to match the physicality up top. Mm-hmm. But I, I just – there were just guys ahead of him that I thought were better. It's not anything against McCreary that I have him at six. I just think this is an absolutely loaded class. I, I really liked him. I was surprised by how much I did like him. So I, I was very impressed with him. And I, I thought he was pretty good in terms of his ability to mirror as well. And I thought he did some decent stuff in cover three for Auburn too looking back at my notes but my number seven i'm i'm i don't want to give too much away because i think you will have him higher it's martin emerson from mississippi state man this is just like i said with roger mccurry i want to have him higher (laughs) 
<laughs> there are yeah. just too many guys that I like in this class. I really think this top seven, when we go out to seven, I think that's the point for me where if you get any of these seven, I think they're day one solid starters because I look at Emerson. I, I don't necessarily, I, I didn't get to watch a ton. I believe it was just two games of him, but I, I didn't really see him make mistakes. It's, it's very much. Yeah. I watched Bama and Arkansas from 2020 and he just didn't make mistakes in those games. It's, it was very impressive, but you know, I thought his fluidity was pretty good. I thought his footwork was solid. The The only issues I really had were just, I, I didn't think he was the same caliber of athlete as the guys at the top of this class. Yeah, that, I would say that's probably fair. I, I don't, I'm not going to say too much because I do have him higher and I've, I've decided that he's going to be one of my guys in this class. So I kind of want to save it to wax poetic about him for when I get to where he's ranked. Um, So you just said your numbers. What I, he? I have said six and seven now. Okay. Because I had McCreary at six. Right. Okay. So wait, Emerson, wait, so. Emerson was at... seven. McCreary was six. Got it. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. So my six is Kyrie Elam. Okay. Your guy, Florida corner. Um, So I think I would agree. Like, you know, you mentioned how um, Emerson might not have the athletic ability at some of the other top of the top of the line guys. And I would, I would stipulate to that. And, Elam is one of those guys that does have that elite athletic ability, um, great size, great length, can do a lot of different things. Um, just playing slot, playing outside, playing in press, playing in off, playing all these different things. Um, but you know, there's just some inconsistencies in off coverage. He allows a good bit of separation, which I'm just not, I just don't like. And weirdly enough, like he struggles against that elite quickness with great and great route runners. And obviously, you know, we talked a lot about his willingness or, desire to tackle or engage in the run game, which was a problem. And, you know, I like to see him improve his ball skills moving forward. So, you know, I, I think the the traits and tools are there as an athlete and, you know, he's a very good coverage defender, but just some of the other ancillary stuff, I just wasn't as big a fan of with Kyrie Elam. So he's my number six. Yeah. And I, I will get to him. I do have him a bit higher. Don't want to give away what our thoughts are on our top guys here. Um, so let's go to number five. Who's your number five player. All right. Now it's Martin Emerson time. <laughs> um, and I'll say that I, I'm very close to switching him with number four. I'm, I'm still like, they're very closely graded. Um, but like you said with Emerson, like the guy does everything really well. He's six to 200 pounds. He's long, looks long as hell can press, can play cover two, can play cover three, can play man, can do everything, uh, participates in the run game, you know, is is a willing tackler, has got the frame to do it. His stats are insane. He had 12 pass breakups in uh, 2020. Uh, I just, I couldn't get enough of this guy. I just thought he was excellent. His zone instincts were out of this world, really good change of direction. Just, just understands, seems to have a rare understanding of how to play the position, which is awesome. Yeah. And I, I just, like, like I said before, it's nothing against him for me to have him at seven because I just absolutely love these top seven guys. I, I, I told you coming into the show, I thought there was a cutoff point where I don't think you can have him above. And that cutoff point was I personally, I wouldn't have him 
above four, but I could see the argument above my number four. And you do, I'll, I'll give it away. You do have him above my number four guy. And I can see the argument there. I think for me personally, five through seven is just insanely close. And then four mm-hmm. is a little bit above them, but I don't see him as a top three guy. I can see anyone else having him anywhere from four to seven, but man, he's got to be in your top seven. Once you watch him, I, unless there's someone else that neither of us have watched, that's going to be insane. I don't see how anyone can have him outside the top seven, which was a real surprise going into this. Cause again, we didn't even touch on him when we went through our sec cornerbacks the first time. Yeah, and, and for, like for such a guy, like a guy who is like Elam and has that super long, tall frame, he is incredibly fluid. Like the hips, the feet are great. There's not any hitches in this movement, which, you know, for those long guys, you know, sometimes they're just, they just struggle to get, you know, their tips turned to just get moving in a different direction. I just didn't see any of those problems with him. I was so impressed. I really, really like this guy. Yeah. And j- again, just a very impressive corner. For me, my number five is uh, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. Very, very long. You you look at him, obviously he's, what, like 6'2", but his arms go down to his knees. He just mm-hmm. has insanely long arms, Put plays that boundary corner for the Bearcats there and typically aligns in press. And when he's in press, he's very, very good, very, very active hands. I would say I don't necessarily think they're always placed the best, but they are active. And that activity when he gets to the top of the routes is one of his big problems because <laughs> he will get a lot of pass interference calls because um, he does grab a lot. But I think when he does get his, when he keeps his hands off and he does get his head turned around, I think he does play the ball decently well, but I could see, improvement coming there especially given how inconsistently he actually does get his head turned and his hands off the guy it doesn't happen a whole whole lot with him but if he can get that down I think he can be a very very high caliber corner that was that was the point of improvement that I had for him going into this year when we went over him for summer scouting I thought that that was good but not where it need to be for someone that is going to play and press we talked about scheme wise i would love to see him obviously they don't need the corner but if he could play in a staley fangio style defense i think that could be very good for him being able to play as a press corner is what he does best i haven't seen enough out of him to know how good he can be in terms of various zone coverages So that's why he is down a little bit. But the one thing that he does very well, he does better than just about anyone in this class. So it's if you want a corner specifically for that, you can go draft him. He's your guy. If you want him to do other stuff, it's going to be a bit of a project. I think he has the athleticism and the tools to eventually get to the point where he can be a good corner in zone coverage, but he just is not there yet. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's a, he's still a bit higher for me, so I won't go too much into it. But I, I just want to look up his stats for a second. So first of all, so last year in 2020, he had five penalties in 2019. Or sorry, in 2020, he had seven penalties in 2019. He had five. 
so far through this season, he has won. And it was week one. Ooh, that's that's a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, so if he can keep that up, you know, maybe he's kind of solved that. And just another stat that I find interesting. So I know that this is kind of a stat that's fallen out of favor and I'm all for it. But his passer rating when targeted is 6.3. So <laughs> on the season so far. <laughs> so here's the thing. Obviously, it's it's fallen out of favor for a reason. It's not the best stat, especially in a game to game thing. Mm. however when you take it at an extreme over a larger sample size it's still an impressive stat yeah and like that's like i said i'll get into it later but yeah so um he said you're he's in your number five yes he is my number okay five. so my number i just said emerson was my five so uh trent mcduffie's my number four and like we talked about with mccreary like a guy that just does everything well really good tackler solid he's okay at press you know, he's better than some of the guys maybe at the bottom of the list, but he's not as good as guys like sauce or, you know, or you know, some other guys we'll get into later, but just, you know, great in man coverage, great in zone coverage, uh, can play in play a little slot, play outside, do everything you want. Uh, take the dog out while those fun aphorisms about football, but yeah, I, 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 like I said, I'm really close to him and Emerson because like I said, I think both can do well, but Emerson just offers, it's it's more just maybe it's about preference for me just in terms of skill set because like Emerson can bring that press ability whereas McDuffie is maybe not as good at it but you know McDuffie might have some other skills that are a little bit little better maybe a little better athlete but those two guys at four and five are super close for me and both are pretty easily first round prospects. Yeah, my my number four is Kair Elam mm. from Florida. Oh, um, what a homer pick! Get a load of this guy. <laughs> You look at him, and you see the physicality. You see a lot of the athletic traits that you want out of a guy with that size. And now the the one thing I will bring up here that didn't bring up before, he has been struggling with injuries. He had a few injuries last year that held him out some games and did not think it was a huge problem going in. But the fact is, he's now missed another couple games already this year. So if it keeps up, that starts to become a trend. And that isn't good if you have a trend of being injured. Because usually that that typically carries over to the NFL. We see it now with Greg Newsom had a trend up until that last year at Northwestern. Was injured a lot. Gets to the NFL. Plays great but now he's injured again. It's, it's just, you don't want the injuries to be a trend and it looks like it could start to lean that way for Kair Elam. However, when he is on the field, you do get all the athletic traits. Hip fluidity is a little meh, I think would be the best way to put it. I don't, the issues with him other than hip fluidity are really ball skills he does need to improve his ball skills a good amount. But I think he's got, like you said before, and I know you said this with Emerson, but I think he can do athletically anything you ask. I just think he needs the technique. I think he needs better technique and a lot of stuff. But I think if he gets the technique, there's a chance he comes out of this as the second best corner in this class. Just that's, in- that's interesting. <laughs> second or third. I, I think that he has, he's of the top seven for me. He is the most raw. 
I don't know if you would agree with that. Hmm. That, that, that is interesting to think about. I'm, I'm not sure of the guys in the top seven. It might be, um, I think you might argue it depends on how you want to define Rob well, Lake. You could my, argue my whole thing was but... Gardner is good at one thing right. really well, and that yeah. one thing he can do better than Elam. Like yeah. the rest of it, I think Elam outside of press is better than Gardner right mm-hmm. now at that stuff. But sure. Gardner, you can throw in and have him press and just be good at that one thing for now. Whereas Elam, I think, is a more developmental player, but I just really love the upside with him. And it's always tough because I don't necessarily know with the ball skills, how often he necessarily gets a chance to prove it. Not just because of him, but because of the fact that Florida's corner twos have really sucked since he's been there and just get targeted constantly. So he doesn't necessarily get a high amount of targets. So it's, it's tough for him to really showcase those, but I do think, he can play man at a decent enough level right now to be an NFL starter day one. I, like I said, I just think he has a lot of upside where athletically I might have went too far with saying second best, but third best, probably in my opinion, I think he could end up being the third best because I really do like one and two a whole lot. But after that, I really think that just with, all the traits he has, he has a little bit of mix of, I think his hip fluidity, while it's not great, isn't going to be the biggest problem. And I think all the rest of it, the ball skills, the athleticism can match anyone else with improvement technically. Yeah. So, I think for me, so if I, when I ranked him, I did that. I, I did not know about the injuries. So him being lower is a result is not a result of that. It's agnostic of that information. So uh, with, but with that in mind, I think the yeah, reason if, why if I, have, I factored in injuries, which I actually didn't yeah. in this, he would be lower. Yeah. So I think the reason why I had him behind McDuffie and Emerson is because I think for me, I thought those guys flaws did not measure up to, you know, Elam's flaws in that, but on the other side of the coin is their high points, their best traits might not be as elite as Elam's traits, but I just like having less chinks in the armor, if you will, which I, I think that phrase is fine to say, um, you know, less, pro, less glaring issues than Elam's were. So that's, I think that's just kind of, and again, a matter of like personal preference and how you weigh flaws versus strengths. That's why I think I had those two higher. Um, but with that in mind, I'll go to my number three is a guy you already mentioned, and it's Ahmad Gardner, who I absolutely love. And I was funny because I was watching Joey Porter Jr., who's a corner from Penn State, and they're pretty similar players just in the fact that they're both long as hell. Um, but the thing that stuck out of Porter and the same thing as Gardner does is that their length is so unique that it allows them to reduce and eliminate any separation they give up even when they're not necessarily in the best alignment or in phase, like they can still get back into play if they're farther away than most other corners and just swat the ball away because they have such long arms and such long legs to eat up ground. And like you said, like he's mostly pretty much almost exclusively a press man corner. I think maybe Cincinnati this year is giving him a little more versatility in his usage and alignments. And he's, I think he's playing pretty well, but I mean, I just really love his profile. And I think if I think I have him that highly because I assume that a team that does run a lot of press will take him. And I think he's going to thrive in that uh, position. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you said, it, press, fantastic corner. It's just lowered him a bit personally just because of the concerns with what else he does. Yeah, and I think that with – and I, I think with, like, some NFL coaching – he can get even better. Like obviously Cincinnati has a pretty great defense. They've got really good coaches, but if you get him in an NFL room with some experienced NFL DBs and they can kind of work with him on improving some of the zone uh, assignments and stuff like that, I think then he's going to take another step once he gets to being a pro, which will be really special. Yeah, for sure. I, I really do. The, the more I watched of him, the higher I thought of him. Mm-hmm. So definitely a very good corner for me, my number three, uh, I'm sure you've noticed that haven't said him yet. And you have, it's Trent McDuffie Mm -hmm. from Washington, 5'11", about 190, just insanely quick feet. Yep. (laughs) Great blitzer Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Very sticky and off man can play it inside and out. He did play a bit in the slot, not in every game, but in some games he did play. He's just like, like you said with Emerson and I, you also said it with him. He doesn't do things badly, which which goes a very long way. And the reason I have him at three and Emerson at seven is because of the athletic upside. I like, I have him higher because I think his athleticism is a good bit higher and that athleticism difference really helps with the high-end potentials outcomes. And I just, yeah, I just absolutely love him. I think compared to some people, this, this is going to be my guy, Trent McDuffie. I, I'm absolutely in love with the way he plays just a very consistent player. And, and I I'll say this, we'll, we'll get to some, honorable mentions that we didn't hit but i really like kyler gordon too Mm -hmm. the corner opposite him but man mcduffie even compared to gordon stands out just so sticky i I, think you could i think you could make the argument aside from the guy who i think we both have one i think of all of these guys i think trent mcduffie would be the other one that i'd be most comfortable with like if if he needed to play on sunday this week I think he'd be like the next guy who I'd be like, all right, you're in, go. And I'd be, I'd be like, okay, this will, this will work. Well, I, I'm assuming that given our top player, who I assume is your top player's injury, yes. right now, it would also be. Yeah, that's a good point. Today. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That's a good point. <laughs> so yeah, definitely a very consistent player. Uh, I know some people do have him up there at three. Others have him a little bit lower, five six. But I just. I just really love McDuffie so much mm-hmm. and just plays with a good amount of intensity too to his game. Yeah. And yeah, it, it just really makes me, I, I hate to say like, it makes me fall in love with, with the way he plays. Cause like, I love all these tops seven, like, and even eight, yeah. I love Hodges Tomlinson, but he's just like, his size is just a limiting factor, but like these top guys are just so fun and you just want them to be good. Yeah, this is what like the NFL really needed a class like this with a bunch of really good corners that can actually kind of help bring back defenses. I'm I'm a little curious. And this is something that, you know, a lot of teams like obviously people are like, don't scout the helmet. But I think that there's something to be said for like there are schools that produce when they don't scout the helmet negatively. But I think you can do it a little bit positively, especially if it's the same coaching staff. So like Washington corners in the last 
five classes or so. I mean, they've just been churning out dudes. And, you know, some of them have had their issues in the pros, guys like Kevin King. But then there are other guys like, you know, Marks Peters was a while ago. But, you know, Elijah Molden's a good player. Taylor Rapp's been a solid safety. I mean, Sidney Jones was a really good prospect until he tore his Achilles in the pre-draft process. But, I mean, Washington just knows how to produce quality NFL defensive backs. So, you know, Jerry McDuffie's a guy you can rely on because of that. Byron Murphy was the other one. That was I couldn't think of it. Byron Murphy. Yeah, who's a fair? He's playing in the nickel for Arizona, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he's actually playing outside. I think they're they're laying him outside, and he's playing pretty well this season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I knew he was playing very well last year for Arizona in the Mm -hmm. nickel mainly, but yeah, I think they bumped him outside, and he's still playing well, which is good to see. Yeah, very impressive there. But I'm going to go ahead and assume now that our our one two is the same. So my number two is Andrew Booth from Clemson just man he does some special stuff athletically i don't want to say he does special stuff athletically because when we get to one i'll just be saying the same exact thing because Mm -hmm. Derek stingley is the only one that i think might be a better athlete than andrew booth in terms of just the pure athleticism so you know he he is a guy that needs reps he is, of all these top 10 guys, you can argue like Mikhail Wright, Pritchett at the bottom, but of these top guys, he is the one that needs reps the most. He needs to play. He needs to see stuff. It was like 400 reps last year. Now he's actually starting. And I think he has the potential to be able to do anything you ask of him. I think his hips are good. I think he can transition pretty well there I think he plays the ball decently well for someone as an experienced as him I know I'm couching that a good bit with saying as an experience but for his experience level he's very good there his click and close is just top notch he reads ball well in terms of in zone coverage I remember the Georgia game obviously was targeted four times, allowed three catches. I forget if it was one or negative one yards. I know one. We, I'm looking at the stats one, now. It's one yard. <laughs> one yard. Yeah. Just a fantastic player. It's, I, it's funny because it's this is weird. So one yard, the, the longest reception was three yards and he allowed 12 yards after the catch. So there must have been one big blow up play in the backfield that lost yardage or something. But so kind of weird sideline. But yeah, I mean, obviously extremely impressive against Georgia. Yeah, just a and he he has had his struggles. I know the Boston College game; he struggled a bit with. Oh, flowers, don't you right? worry, I'll get to that. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll <laughs> let you go off on that one. But yeah, he's had his up and downs this year. But I I just think with the experience, he's going to level out and be a fantastic corner. And you know what? You draft him. You you draft him. You might have to draft him right there at around ten, but. He, he might not be as good as some of these other guys day one, but I think you, you hit that year two, year three, this guy's developing into one of the top corner, young corners in the league. Just a fantastic high upside player. And like I said, I was a little far with saying Elam has a chance to be second. I think he has a chance to be third. There's not a chance. I don't think that if, if Booth hits, the only one that's touching him is Stingley. It's just... He, he's a special kind of player. It's just a very, very raw product at the moment. 
for sure. So I'll, I'm looking at Booth's stats now, and I'll just kind of kind of uh, bounce off a few things that you said. So you mentioned his experience. So right now, his so in 2020 when he played the most, he had played 333 snaps through five games. He's played 312 snaps this year. So in his next game, he'll eclipse as many stats as he, as many snaps as he played last year. And in the second game at South Carolina State, he only played nine snaps. So, and I think he might've just tweaked an ankle to like, okay, we don't need you to sit down, but in five coverage snaps, they targeted him in twice. He broke up one pass and the other one's incomplete. So they tried him and he was just like, nope. And then, you know, they were just, okay, you don't have to play anymore. This game's over because it's an FCS opponent, but yeah, I completely agree with you about Booth's athletic ability. It's always a fun phrase to say. Um, and it's weird. Cause like when I watch him, like it, it, he's one of those guys where it takes a while because it's just, it's almost boring because he sticks with the receivers so well that it's just like, okay, like, I mean, okay, there he goes again. Like there's no separation and you're just kind of like, okay, then after a while you're like, okay, he's just really good and just doesn't let guys get open, which is great. Um, can play a lot of different techniques. He's very willing to tackle. He needs to get better at actually doing it because he kind of just lunges and dives a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of things like, I'll say this, my dude at Boston College, Zay Flowers, gave him the absolute business for 60 minutes in their game. Unfortunately, BC's backup quarterback could not hit Flowers on three deep shots where Flowers had at least two yards of separation on Booth and would have been two or three touchdowns. So, uh, you know, I'll, there's that to say, but I mean, Flowers is a good receiver, but yeah, I really like a lot of what Booth has to offer. No question. Yeah. And then that goes to our number one player, Derek Stingley Jr. Mm -hmm. Obviously has the injury that'll make him out probably for the rest of this season. So you, you can get, get your 2021 film and then be able to get your scouting report out for this guy. But I think everyone's scouting reports going to be pretty similar here. Just insanely fluid athlete he has everything you can want in terms of ball skills and his production was obviously it was better as a freshman but his his production was still really good as a sophomore it just wasn't up to his freshman year levels and I think he can do just about anything I think he has scheme versatility I think if you if you look it up in the dictionary, it's a picture of Derek Stingley. I don't think there's a scheme where he can't play in. And obviously, like, to use his abilities best, do you want to have him in cover two all the time? No. But, I mean, if you want to put him in off man, I think his mirroring ability is fantastic, unmatched in this class. I think he can press a good bit. I think he can play in deeper zones as well. I just – I don't really see the – I don't necessarily see where he will have a ton of issues even day one. Like, yes, could his tackling be better? Sure. I'm not drafting a corner based on tackling. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the thing now with Stingley is that he's kind of maybe not in the conversation for, the best player and the, the best prospect in this draft anymore, just because of these injuries. Cause like as a defensive player and as a cornerback, he's obviously one of the best, if not the, in terms of defensive players overall, but as a, just a general prospect, you know, these injuries are concerning. And like you said, with Elam, like it's not the case where it's these season ending big injuries that you can kind of just, okay, I'm rehabbing from this and I'll come back. It's kind of just like nagging weird injuries. Like I think last year was ankle and an illness this year, it's a foot thing, I think. So 
that's concerning. I, I, I still think he declares this year because he knows that his 2019 tape was so elite and that's when he was fully healthy. I think there'll be some concern about it being like, okay, that was two years ago. Like that's a long time. You know, you're a much different, you're a little bit older though. He's still gonna be crazy young. Yeah. But like you said, there's just, this dude is incredibly athletic. Like I was saying, when I watched him, like he just erases separation instantly with his speed. He's an excellent press corner. I've never seen strike power like his. Like he will just absolutely shiver receivers off the snap. I mean, for, I have his worst trait is just staying healthy. And like that's because I couldn't think of something that was bad when I watched him. And the only improvement I had was getting better at mentally processing his zone, which I was watching his 2019 as a true freshman. He was 18 years old. Of course, he's going to make some mistakes. And I think I think the tackling was kind of an issue this year. And that might have been just him, you know, not being fully healthy and trying to protect himself somewhat. But I still love him. I think that if you know, if he were healthy, like I said earlier, like he would be that guy that you could plug him in on Sundays and he'd be fine. You could have plugged it. You could have plugged him in on Sundays when he was a true freshman in 2019 and he would have been fine. So, yeah, I, he's still a top five in this class for me in terms of overall prospects, but you know, that little red flag for injuries is popping up and that's, it's more, it's not, you know, it's not bad. It's, it's more so just like disappointing at this point. And, you know, you kind of wish he had been able to stay healthy and take that, step to regaining his 2019 form and perhaps even improving on it. Yeah. When you have these top defensive prospects in this draft, if you have any sort of red flag, it really just puts you below these other guys like a Kyle Hamilton, like a cave on. Honestly, it it might even be better because if you think about guys that have been these like kind of consensus number ones, when they play after their like elite first season, everybody's always like poking holes in them and, you know, like, Oh no, he doesn't do this. Well, you know, people tried that with Trevor Lawrence and blah, 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 but uh, this might be best for him. Cause like, you're just like, okay, like we have the tape, like he's the, there are these issues that were in 2020 and 2021, but like he was hurt. The defense was bad overall. So he was put in a bad position. I think maybe you could maybe be like, okay, in 2019, he was so good. But he was surrounded by so many good players. So how does that affect him? But I think this could all, almost be a kind of a blessing in disguise for his draft because for his draft stock because you don't have as much tape to poke holes in because the tape you do have is really good yeah for sure and just an insane freshman season and a really good sophomore season to i forget the word but uh proceed after that okay (laughs) yeah i don't know why i blanked on that one there but well, let's get to some honorable mentions. Like I said before, I really do like Kyler Gordon. Just a good man cover corner, can press, can play off. Doesn't necessarily have good ball skills. Really want to see that improve. Uh, so far this year, does have a couple of interceptions and some pass breakups. So maybe those ball skills have improved or maybe he's just getting lucky by getting some balls thrown directly at him. But I, I do like him a good amount wearing number two for Washington. Uh, Another player that I did like, Taiwan Mullen as a very, very undersized guy. Again, want to see him be a nickel probably in the NFL or preferably for me, I think uh, if if a cover two team like a Houston or an Indy just want to go and play him outside corner, I think that's fine. I don't think he is a very high-end player. I think he's, again, this end of day two or beginning of day three guy i know i was about around higher than you were on him but i do like him a good amount i think he fits great in cover two 
good in those shorter zones. Again, that also bodes well for him playing in the nickel. Um, And then did want to talk about, I know you watched him as well, a guy that has a lot of production this year, and that is Riley Moss. So it would be interested in what you thought about him. Yeah, Riley Moss, who, you know, the second coming of Jason Seahorn, who's a white cornerback at Iowa and has been incredible for the last two seasons, honestly. And unfortunately, he did get hurt after getting interception against Penn State this week. I think he's going to be okay. Um, But, you know, obviously hope the best for him. But uh, I think he already has four or five interceptions this year through five games. So uh, he's following that Trayvon Diggs mold again. Uh, Yeah, he's got four picks. He's got four passes broken up this year. Uh, plays a, a ton of zone. I think that's just Iowa scheme. Seems like they run a lot of cover too. So he's playing a lot in that uh, flat area, but I think he's housed two of his pick six, two of his interceptions. So, you know, he's got some really good run out of the catch ability, which is pretty surprising for a corner, but still an, I, a guy that does a lot of things. Well, you know, maybe he's probably not like the best, you know, carry a guy vertically and man, but I, I think that there's definitely a place for him in the NFL. And I mean, those ball skills are just really, really, really special. Yeah, and w- when you did talk about not the best carrying a man um, vertically, he, he actually, from from what I saw, his ability to actually stay on his hip and trail him wasn't terrible. But him trying to play the ball in yes. man coverage was oh egregiously bad. Yeah, 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 definitely. It was <laughs> awful. Like, like, he stayed there. He was in position. He just couldn't make a play on the ball at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe you can fix that with with some uh, good coaching. You'll have to see, but definitely a guy who is worth a look just because of the production alone gets, will get you a look. But Yeah, I mean, if you, if you can get him in maybe a cover two or cover four scheme or a quarter scheme where he can kind of keep his eyes on the ball for the most part, then he can – because when he's, when he's facing the ball or you know, he's not running kind of with the receiver away from the quarterback – then those ball skills really show up because he's able to get his hands on the ball and, you know, make a play on it and usually catch it. And a lot of times bring it back for a good amount of yards. Yeah. And then a couple other guys that I did watch, but did not go over in any of these episodes, Tyreek Stevenson played, played nickel last year for Georgia is now at Miami physical player, bit, bit too grabby, willing tackler, but it, he's not, he's not bad in terms of his ability to click and close and get downhill and make the tackle. I think that was one of his best traits, but he, like I said, very grabby. I didn't think he had a lot of zone ability. I didn't love his eyes there. I think experience is what's going to be best for him. I think he sticks at Miami for another year. But he's playing. I, he's playing like their nickel, right? Or is, I think they call it like the striker or something. Yeah, or is he playing yeah. normal safe? Because I know he's playing a, a little bit of different role there. I think it is that like nickel star type, whatever okay. you want to call it. Okay. Um, which is similar to what he did at Georgia as well. Okay. Was yeah, playing a lot him. in the box and matching up with tight ends. And actually, I did watch Florida film, and he he was staying with uh, Kyle Pitts. They had a man man. Go. He just uh, did does not play the ball well yeah. at all. But He's a he's a good hitter. If I remember, if, if yes, I remember yes. watching some Miami games this very very Miami. physical. Yeah, so you know that's sometimes that's not great from safeties, but you like that it's at least there. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure which position to put him in because he does 
cover guys a lot man to man as that nickel defender and then there are a couple guys uh the jordan strong from coastal carolina didn't really love it i think the word to best describe to jordan strong is clunky all of his movements are very clunky um a lot of it's mainly man and cover three and just his when he goes to click and close it's very clunky his ability to mirror very clunky everything he does is just clunky it's the only word i can really use to describe it so wasn't the biggest fan of him i know he gets some buzz as like a higher day three guy like a fourth fifth round guy i know he gets some buzz there but just don't really love him i think there's better guys than him in this class and then a caleb evans i know you watched him as well right I actually did not get the chance. Oh, that was one guy okay. I just hadn't gotten around to, which I was disappointed by. But uh, from everything, I, I've seen him like like broadcast a little bit, and you know, I've read some stuff on him, looked at his stats. I like I like all that, but I had not had the chance to watch like small twenty two of him. So I, I like him a lot, you know, kind of on paper. Well, I guess this is all on paper, but on paper, and then I just haven't had the chance to really dive into him. Yeah, and he he's a very similar guy. Where I I see him, he is a bit. Grabby, not similar to Jordan to Jordan Strong. Okay. I want to I want to put him on that. I was talking about very similar strengths to a Tyreek Stevenson, where he is oh, a bit grabby, but uh, is a very good guy in terms of playing the run. Um, I thought his athleticism was okay, and I personally wouldn't mind him that early day three. Okay. Um, so who are some honorable mentions and then guys that we didn't hit in any of these episodes? All right. So I, we talked about THT earlier. He was my 11th guy and I'll, I kind of already talked about him, but he was this guy just outside of my top 10. The next guy, uh, after him, I had was Garrett Williams, the Syracuse corner who, you know, you weren't as big on him as I was, uh, but I thought what Syracuse asked him to do, he did really well. And then I caught some Syracuse uh, a little bit earlier this uh, a few games this year so far, and he's playing a good, a decent bit of press for them. So they're actually moving him around a bit and he seems to be playing well. So that's good to see that he's starting to kind of expand his repertoire playing. He's still pretty young. So I don't anticipate him declaring another guy who's young, Joey Porter Jr. I mentioned him when talking about sauce Gardner, extremely long son of an NFL player. Joey Porter is a great linebacker for the Steelers. Um, and like I said, with sauce, like this dude's just long, he's like, he's able to cover ground so quickly that he just erases separation and is able to make good plays in the ball, both while facing the quarterback and away from him. So that's good to see. Um, and does he, they move him around a good bit, you know, for a long guy, you kind of expect him to be the press boundary corner, but he's playing in the slot. They have him blitzing from the slot, which he had a really nice uh, sack against Indiana. Um, so yeah, a really interesting guy, but I think just young, he might not declare until next year. Uh, let's see other guys who I have up that those are the, I think those are the only two ones that I watched that. And then Kendrick was the other one I watched that you didn't, but other guys that I have up there. Um, so I have Porter is 13 Moss at 14 Gordon at at 15, uh, then Job Evans and Mullen is those are guys kind of in that top range for me. Um, those things we wanted to do next, just kind of guys that we didn't get to. Yeah. Uh, I I'm looking, um, a few guys that we didn't get to, um, I know people are considering Avery Young corner, but we discussed that he has been playing safety for Rutgers, mm-hmm. so he will not be in our corner discussion. Um, obviously, a Caleb Evans teammate now at Missouri was previously his teammate at Tulsa. Allie Green was not discussed. Um, Cam Brown transfer to 
Nebraska will be playing opposite Cameron Taylor Britt mm. transfer from Ohio state did not give, get to him. I know he has some guys that like him going into the year. I know there were guys that liked Elijah blades jr was just kicked off of Florida. Well, dismissed from Florida, not kicked off. I should use the words they used. He was dismissed from Florida is now in the transfer portal. And then uh, storm duck as well from North Carolina did not hit him. I know he has some buzz. Anyone else that I missed there? Yeah, so that's just some later additions. That the other corner from Georgia, Latavius Brini, he's starting across from Darian Kendrick. He's 6'2, 210, apparently playing extremely well. So I didn't, he was kind of, he's kind of a guy that's exploded onto the scene this year. He's a senior. Um, and Georgia's obviously just been really good at corner the last few years. They've got two guys who were top 40 picks last year. So you just didn't see the field, but I'm, I really want to find some tape on him. Uh, Caleb Evans, like you said, Matt Hankins, the senior corner across from Raleigh Moss, uh, another really good player. Um, see how he does without Moss playing. Uh, Jermaine Waller, corner from Virginia Tech, who played across from Caleb Farley a few years ago, but missed time with injury. Uh, he's got a ton of picks this year too. I think he's got four through five games, so he's making plays. Yeah, I know ball. he had a big game against Notre Dame mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. Uh, Kobe Bryant um, of Cincinnati, not of the Los Angeles Lakers, rest in peace, uh, plays across from Sauce Gardner. Good, experienced player. Uh, doesn't have a lot of the elite skills that Sauce does, but still a solid player. Um, that's pretty much the, uh, the, two, the two Michigan corners, Vincent Gray and Gamon Green, are playing pretty well from what I've heard and seen. Um, other than that, think those are kind of the big ticket guys who are you know maybe in that top 100 ish range maybe getting a little further outside it yeah and so i actually did mess that up i picked the wrong former ohio state cornerback that's actually tyreek johnson that's now playing across from cameron uh, taylor Britt. cam cam brown is actually starting for ohio state above a guy we did hit seven banks right so who is bad yeah uh but so I, I did want to bring this up. We have talked about seven banks, seven banks statements have came out about how they have seen improvement from him in practice and in the film room. So that tells me that he was very bad at practice and in the film room and not working very hard is what that tells me. It, it looks like he has started the last three games. So yeah, yeah. They have came out and said okay. that he has had improvements off the field in terms of practice so maybe that part is coming around so for him like to see that yeah and we will be back next week let's get fired up